Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Menashe. On today's episode, we're going back in history. In the late 1700s in America, something of minimal value was often described as being not worth a continental, which referred to the continental dollar, the American currency at the time of the U.S. Revolution. The continental was paper money. It occurred to the colonists that as their revolution was costing quite a bit to maintain, they could go into temporary debt to finance the war. Pretty soon, it became clear the debt could not be repaid. The printing of paper banknotes resulted in inflation. So what was the solution? Well, print more of them, of course. Further devaluation of the Continental motivated the colonists to print more and then even more. The Continental became worthless either for trade or even for repayment of debts. The new country, the United States, then did something pretty unusual. In its constitution, it added a clause to ensure this would never happen again. Under Article 1, Section 10, the states were not permitted to coin money, emit bills of credit, or make anything other than gold and silver a legal tender for the repayment of debts. This week, Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell testified in front of the Senate Banking Committee in its semi-annual report on monetary policy. In that discussion, Chairman Powell described one of the debates inside the Federal Reserve. The question was whether the 2% target for inflation was a maximum or an average. It was felt that during times of economic weakness, prices would not rise as fast and therefore there could be some relaxation on the target during times of economic boom, such as what we're experiencing right now. This would average out over time. It's interesting that this particular statement did not invite any discussion with the committee members. There seems to be a misconception among lawmakers that inflation is the increase in prices, when in fact, the increase in prices is actually the symptom of inflation. The real inflation is the inflation of the money supply. Every time government prints money, there's inflation. When there's more money available, people become more willing to pay for goods and services. The increase in prices is the consequence of too much money in the system. And Lord knows we've been pumping money into the system over the past 10 years like never before. Quantitative easing is the new buzzword for printing money. We went through three rounds of quantitative easing over the past decade. And the fact is, much of the money never made it into the broader economy. It was held within the banking system to restore profitability to the banks that otherwise would have needed to earn their profits the old-fashioned way. Before the financial crisis, the Fed balance sheet represented about 6% of GDP. Most of the demand for funds was for currency and a small amount for reserves. After the financial crisis, the Fed balance sheet grew to about 25% of GDP. Most of that was to fund demand for reserves at banks, and the Fed also purchased assets. Assets is code for the Fed purchasing long-term government debt. So when the U.S. government borrowed money to bail out the financial system, the Fed printed the money, and the government issued bonds that the Fed happily purchased and earned interest on. The Federal Reserve is not owned by the U.S. government. It's an independently owned entity owned by its member banks. The banks get a 6% preferred return on the profits from the Fed. The remainder of the profits flow through to the U.S. government. In the last quarter, the Fed reduced their balance sheet by about $310 billion. The current balance sheet sits at about $4 trillion. The latest term, called balance sheet runoff, means the Fed is not going to increase their balance sheet any further this year. When debt gets retired, the Fed will not replace it with new assets on their balance sheet. Banks across the United States made $237 billion in profits last year. Much of that profit came from cash reserves given to banks using money printed by the Federal Reserve. 
the excess reserves held by banks above their statutory requirements were in turn loaned back to the Federal Reserve and the banks earned interest on those excess reserves. Wait, what are we talking about? The Fed printed money, gave it to the banks, the banks loaned that same money back to the Fed and earned profits on the money. That loan had zero risk. It was basically a license to print money for the banks. In his testimony to Congress, Chairman Powell said that the pace of balance sheet runoff was slowed due to increased demand for reserves from lending institutions. But here's the thing. The Federal Reserve has shadowed the banking system with reserves that amount to a significant portion of the funds loaned by U.S. banks. So if all those loans were to go toxic, the Fed has already printed those funds and loaned them to the banks at a preferential interest rate to hold as reserves. The banks are in a no-lose situation. They can do no wrong. Because if they do, they've already been bailed out. The money's already sitting there. Now, I'm not a banking expert, and maybe I'm misinterpreting the comments by the Fed chairman. But the conflict of interest inherent in the banking system is hidden in plain sight. It's hidden by the industry jargon that sounds very safe, prudent, and responsible. But I took the time to read the Act of Congress that formed the Federal Reserve in 1913, along with its amendments up to 1980. The conflict of interest is as plain as day. So here's the bottom line. Inflation is a phenomenon of having too much money in the system. It causes prices to rise, albeit not uniformly. And if you're going to be playing the game of finance, it makes sense to know the rules of the game. As you're thinking about that, have an awesome rest of your day. Go make some great things happen. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.